The following is a DFAT Entertainment podcast, recorded and edited by Jake Duell. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Campfire Chat Arena in this corner, Joss Whedon's Justice League. In this corner, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Welcome to Road to the Snyder Cut. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, thank you for joining me on part two of our Snyder Cut extravaganza on the campfire chats. Um, I want to point out before we get into this, the powerful words this movie, the Snyder version ended on, and it was for Autumn, his daughter, who in 2017, while he was making this movie, committed suicide at 20 years old and was kind of the pivotal point to a lot of what happened with this movie and why we wound up with the weed and cut. Um, but that wasn't it. There was a lot more. And I read this long Vanity Fair article about it. And I don't know if anyone else has read it, but one of the most powerful statements, they're interviewing Deborah Snyder right at the beginning. And she said she went in, watched Whedon's cut and called Zach after and said, do not watch this movie. And Zack Snyder has never seen Joss Whedon's Justice League, which is crazy to me. Because I mean, do you think do you think that's true? I mean, I know he said that, but you make I this, do you make this baby for a year, year and a half, and the last second somebody else carries it over the finish line. You're not curious, especially hearing all the negative stuff. You're not like, what did he do? So I think it's true because WB let him take his cut of the movie when he left, and he could watch his cut. And I think that's alone is why that's true. Yeah, I read that article and it sounds like he would show his friends, you know, and family uh, the four hour version not completed. You know, the visual effects weren't done and all that kind of stuff, but he would show that to people. So um, he also believes it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ruben believes it as well. Ruben believes it as well. Um yeah, so, uh, you know, if you have that and, and you have your quote-unquote vision for it, then, yeah, screw it. I, I wouldn't watch the other one either. Yeah, so the other thing that I want to talk about in that is when uh, Zach left, there was a lot going into what left. First of all, um, Batman vs. Superman didn't play out very well in theaters. Um, wasn't a really fan favorite. They did that director's cut that was significantly better. But WB had kind of lost interest in Zack's vision, and they gave him babysitters on set. There were people there every day making sure that they were, he was making the movie WB wanted. 
So he was already feeling beaten down for that. And then his daughter killed herself and he tried to finish the movie out and it just became too much of a fight. So he left on his own. And we were told two things. Zach left on his own and Zach brought in Joss to finish the movie. One of those two things ends up being a huge lie. He did not bring in Joss to finish this movie. Jeff Johns apparently went out and found uh, Joss. He was brought on to make a Batgirl movie that never came to life. So already WB is kind of lying to us about everything around this movie. Yeah. What are you guys thoughts on that? I, I think, you know, it's, it's funny because you, when, when bad movies get made or when movies that should have been made, don't get made. The classic thing you hear from the director or from the people that left are, you know, the studio's involvement is what drove me away. The studio's involvement, the studio is up my ass, the studio is too involved, so on and so forth. And you kind of wonder like, how often is that really true? Is it, is the studio is really that bad? And this was one of those cases where this just added to the already growing publicity that was following Warner Brothers and just being an, a, a dysfunctional environment. And to that point, that dysfunctional environment, I mean, we got to talk about Roy Fisher and Ray. everything. Sorry. Ray, Ray Fisher, sorry. Ray Fisher and everything that happened uh, with him. Um, he played a much more pivotal role, which I'm sure we'll talk about in Zach's version of the movie. But he accused Joss of some mistreatment on the set. And since then, it's kind of been a downhill boulder for Joss. Um, Charisma Carpenter from Buffy and Angel came out and said stuff. Now uh, Michelle uh, Trachtenberg? Trachtenberg. Trachtenberg said he wasn't allowed on set with her alone. Um, it seems like Joss might not be a good person. <laughs> yeah, and it, what was even crazier is Ray came out and said this stuff like two years before everybody else. Yeah. And, and he was he was kind of chastised and silenced and good on him. I don't know if you guys saw the article recently, but he, you know, Warner Brothers uh, tries to appease him like most companies do. And they were like, OK, we'll do an investigation. We'll do an investigation. And then two years go by. He just came out uh, publicly and was like, they need to re release the results of that investigation. They make the results public. I saw that. Chris, Chris, you look like you might yeah, have you know, some I, I, like He's gearing up. Come on. <laughs> I'm having a little delay here with the uh, the sound, so forgive my West Coast delays here. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of other things that Ray Fisher said as well, so we have to take things carefully here because if you're gonna if you're gonna say yes, my my part was cut out of the movie. That's true. Mm -hmm. They want to cut this movie down from five hours, which he originally shot footage for to right. two, you're going to lose a lot of that in translation, right? And I'm, I'm sure any actor who loses his part like that and it doesn't make a cohesive movie is going to be upset. And I get that. But there is a certain level of professionalism that comes with being in Hollywood. And I, I have a hard time sometimes being and separating that because I always want to believe that people are saying the truth. And I'm never going to say, no, this didn't happen to you. But the point is, is like, how do you handle yourself in public? And that's the same thing with like Gina Carano. Same thing with anybody that gets released from a business because of unprofessionalism. So I think, and I've had this discussion, that Ray Fisher would have been better off to wait until Snyder Cut came out and then said his piece. Mm 
because so, there was just so much thrown at him. And then he tried to, to jump on the John Boyega thing too, you know, which is fine. But is it a race thing? Is it is it another thing? What is it? You know, you just upset, and I get it. He's upset. Go ahead, Bob. Sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. I, I was just going to ask. So, are you saying that the mm-hmm. lack of professionalism was because he went public with it rather than like handling it a different way? Like, what 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 was the lack of professionalism on his part? I'll kind of extrapolate that. Um, Quickies. If you think about it, like as a as like a employee employer relationship if ray fisher would have waited to say something now like the movie is out everyone loves it it's a it's a clear that he is the crux of the movie Mm -hmm. really um he would not have had any issues people would have fully fallen behind him agreed with him and said you know what you are the you are the movie and whatever you're saying is probably true, given how much Joss Whedon cut you out of the other version. So if from a just a business and slash, you know, um, employer employee relationship, he should have waited until now to say those things. And right. he would time, have then continued in the DCEU at the time, though. He I mean, he did this almost immediately after this Justice League came out. I want to say the first allegations that he spoke of were in an interview in 2018. I think it was like last year, man. I mean, maybe, I, maybe you're I, right. Maybe I could be right. wrong too. I, regard, I'm pretty sure it was 2018 because it came out vastly before all the other stuff with Josh Whedon came out with Buffy. But my, my thing is, at that point, he, there was no confirmation that the Snyder Cut was going to come out. And how often do studios re-release a different version of the movie? That that's not just like a, a director's, you know, huh? You're muted, but he said never. 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 So, I mean, he can't possibly think that this is a possibility it's going to happen. No. And, you know, to that point, he's done interviews since. And, like, the one of the most recent ones I saw, I, I don't know how much. It, it's kind of cr- to Chris's point. He has said so much that some of it I'm taking it with a large grain of salt. But he said when Joss came on, he referred to Wonder Woman as Natasha uh treating her like he was dealing with black widow he said that uh something along the lines of well i don't even take notes from robert downey jr why would i take notes from you to him like it seemed like they just totally did not get along right and how much that's warped i i tend to side with fisher because now there's these there was Joss's ex-wife a while ago, and now there's the Buffy allegations too. And man, I love some of the stuff Joss made Firefly cabin in the woods, things like this, but maybe he's not the greatest person in the world, which is why he sabotaged this movie. Oh yeah. That's, that's exactly what oh, I can't wait. I hope, I hope we touch on that Jake. Cause I have so much information. I got inside scoops, man. I talked to people with, with tinfoil hats. I know what really happened here. <laughs> Did you hear it from Q? <laughs> Q and R. Oh, okay, cool. No, I mean, that was a big thing. And then, you know, I'm not exactly sure when he started speaking out, but then the internet started to go wild with, release the Snyder cut. The hashtag yeah. started to grow. We're seeing it now too with uh, Suicide Squad um, the release air the air cut, the Ayers cut. Um, but that's what started it. And 
I would be remiss to mention that there are some toxic, toxic Zack Snyder fans. But to that same point, part of the reason Zack Snyder was removed from the movies is there are toxic anti-Zack Snyder fans as well. But the toxic Zack Snyder fans around the release of the Snyder Cut did many times go a step too far originally in trying to get the Snyder Cut released. Chris. Yeah, and just in regards to that, we talk a little bit about how that toxicity works and how some studios aren't addressing it. But WB, the new WB, not the same people that, you know, that were part of the original lot that screwed up all the movies but now there's you know they're calling out that and it's important because you have some of these fans of snyder and the snyder cut that are that are threatening wb employees and it's just that that kind of stuff is disgusting to me it's just you got to separate yourself and just look beyond like your passion for something where you're gonna threaten people's lives over it i mean this is this is the crazy thing it can also go back to the ray fisher thing where social media gets completely out of control Oh yeah. And I mean, it, it's absolutely ridiculous there. And if Joss was really treating the actors the way it's claimed, it's absolutely ridiculous there too. Cause like I know in another interview on insider, Deborah Snyder recently said she got calls from the actors during reshoots telling that her what happened. And she reported it to WB before it was reported. And wow. That's all she that. could really do. WB, from everything I read, was a real toxic place at that time. From the executives that are gone um, for some sexual misallegations and other things, it just seemed like 2007 was a bad time at WB. So, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But let's get to the fun stuff. The Sny Release the Snyder Cut campaign starts. And it just slowly builds and keeps gathering and gathering and then hbo max comes out and it really doesn't have content to it and we start hearing rumors about the snyder cut and then we find out it's gonna happen on hbo max we're leading to that point but i gotta go back to the vanity fair article for a minute and just talk about when they originally approached zach they were like hey just give us your unedited footage and we'll release it as a movie. And he was like, no. Could you imagine if that's what we got was just the footage that he took with him when he left? Thank, thank God that wasn't it. Like CG wasn't done. Some of the scenes were in black and white. Doesn't yeah. need a soundtrack. Here's some rough cut of a movie. What did HBO end up spending on the on the Snyder Cut? Wasn't it like an extra three million or something like that? It was more. Originally it was, it was thirty-two like... million, and it went up. Yeah. Jesus, the original yeah, amount was thirty-two million, I think. They spent a lot, and then I know we had a couple different chat groups where we were talking about it, and people were shitting on it and saying this movie is going to be horrible <laughs> and i was one of the ones that i'm like guys i'm kind of excited for it and what got me excited when they said thank you ruben 80 million dollars yeah, i think it was like 76 Jeez. million on reshoots yeah uh was when they said joe magniella's death stroke was coming back because i was so sad that was something 
that was pretty much done because he was supposed to be the villain in the Batman movie. And then they scrapped the entire project. I got a question about that though. Were you excited about seeing Deathstroke on the big screen or were you excited about Joe playing him? I was excited about seeing Joe on the big screen. Let's really? be honest. Can it be both? I love Joe. I mean, yeah, no, 100%. Both. It, it could be both. Yeah, both. Here's, here's my I thing. love Joe Meg. I, I was excited to see Deathstroke. I, I was excited to see him on the big screen. I think he's a great villain. Um, my two hesitations, number one, I don't think Joe's that great of an actor. And I think for what it's worth, there's about a half a dozen actors that could have played Deathstroke better. Frank Grillo. We don't know because you'll never see it, but that, that's my two cents. <laughs> the second thing was, I'm like, how are you even going to go from an alien invading with world-destroying boxes to, to Deathstroke, who's just, for all intent and purposes, a normal guy who happens to be you know, like a super soldier? But that's more of a standard Batman villain. Right. Most yeah. of the Batman villains aren't these aliens. That That's Superman's villains. Like, that to that yes yeah i I agree i I was just gonna say i think with that also they were building towards a a, another justice league movie where the um (laughs) not secret society but whatever legion of super villains or whatever um was Uh, going to be the villains in that so i don't Mm -hmm. i think it's kind of borrowed you know here and there Yeah, yeah manu bennett yeah uh to my to that point uh the death stroke from arrow was just so good yeah that, so that, good. that was part of it like joe didn't need to be death stroke i just wanted to see joe on the screen yeah. again he's an awesome dude like from his D basement to his true blood character i thought he would have made a good joel in the last of us movie but they've of course yeah. cast that's different a, for that's that a good one. that's a good one um but yeah i mean they were also leading to a Legion of Doom. I'm almost 100% sure with uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Deathstroke, we were going to get the Legion of Doom. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg? Yes. yes. No, I, I had to take a, a quick think of that. I, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg is really starting the Legion of Doom. <laughs> real so, life. Him, based real life one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so Elon and- just having <laughs> yeah. him carry it over. Yeah, so I just like I I almost half tempted want to see what they wanted to release as the Snyder Cut. Like I almost want the version now that's unedited just to watch that and go, you wanted to release this? So so here's here's the thing about that. And I knew we were gonna get on this topic about, you know, really this Snyder's cut versus Whedon cut. And you're gonna have people that are, oh well, this isn't the true Snyder cut because he had all these extra years and he did some reshoots too, you know, blah, 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 which I agree with. I'm hundred percent fine with that. I don't care about any of that. None of that matters. I'm glad they took the four years to go. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we were planning to do that, but nobody liked it. So we'll pretend like we weren't planning to do that. Like I'm fine with that because ultimately what we got was amazing. Chris. To Bob's point, I, I agree with that completely. And I've said it too. It gave him an odd opportunity to listen to what fans wanted. But here's the thing, too, is that by by doing that, um, he just he was also able to just deliver 
deliver the vision that he ultimately wanted to do and really give a lot of payoffs that he, I don't think he would have been able to do if he had that opportunity back then. Um, and, and just looking at it, it just made it that much better for us, but also kind of a tease that what if we don't get more, right? Yeah. I, I want to see the rest of his story to be, excuse me, honest. Um, I mean, I think the other thing that's interesting is I saw another article today. I mean, I've been reading articles as they pop up left and right. Um, he wanted to put Green Lantern in the movie, like a live Green Lantern, not right. a dead Green Lantern, two dead Green Lanterns. And apparently had had it planned. And WB, this was the one place where, you know, he didn't take a paycheck to have full creative control. And I guess this is the one place that WB still interfered and said, no, you're not putting Green Lantern in this movie. You're not putting a Green Lantern in. And he said he almost walked away, but then decided he wanted people to see it so much that he gave up on that. And that's why we got Ma Martian Manhunter instead as the seventh member of the Justice League, because he could not get Green Lantern. Which is ridiculous, honestly. Unite the seven. Unite I mean, well... It's not oh, even man. that. It's just like you have so many, like, at least for Earth, what is there? Four Green Lanterns right now, right? I would have. Hell, so John, six, Kyle, uh, Guy, and Jessica. What's her name? Jessica, Bill, Frank, who's the sixth Jim. one? Baz, Baz. Bat. Okay, so yes, yeah, so you have There's, a variety of Green Lanterns. Out. Just throw one in. Yeah, those rings yes. are getting handed out in gumball machines. So apparently I mean, it was going to be John. <laughs> I would have loved it to be Jessica. An another woman on the team would have been amazing. It is a very heavy-handed male yeah. team. Um, sure. Though, I, I got to talk about something that happened right before it came out. Ryan Reynolds watched his Green Lantern movie like two days before it came out. And there was part of me going... Because Zach said there's going to be a superhero everyone's surprised with in this movie. Ended up being Mas Martian Manhunter. Then Ryan Reynolds watches his Green Lantern and I'm going, what if he got Ryan Reynolds to come back and be Green Lantern in this movie and did the character well? And there was part of me that entire movie hoping for that. Chris? Too many, what, too many white dudes like this podcast. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean yeah, uh, uh, like <laughs> three three to one. See, so that's the thing. Like, we don't need another white superhero. That's that was exactly. the point. Where's John, where's John Stewart? Huh? Wow. That, you, that that's what's great about about Green Lantern is you know you have I know a lot of people are talking about Michael B. Jordan playing a black Superman. Listen, I got no issue with there being a black Superman, none whatsoever. But I think with Green but, Lantern. I, well, no, no, no. What I'm gonna say is, what I'm gonna say is, Green Lantern makes more sense because Green Lantern. There are multiple Black Green Lanterns throughout the Green Lantern history. So, I mean, you could take any one of those. You don't need to like artificially manifest a Black Superman. Just take a, another great Black character that you have. Yeah, Ruben, you have a very valid point here in not wanting to see this vision continue because yes, he had planned on making Superman's son, uh, Bruce. Kent and making him the new Batman. Love it. That was part of uh, Zach's plan. And I definitely, at the end of it, was like, oh, they're doing Injustice. Right. Okay. Can, they're going to make we, Injustice a movie. Let's, uh, can we unpack the second part in Towelite Talk? 
But can we yeah. talk about this first part? Because I didn't read this. Oh, yeah. It's really? been in a couple news. No, I didn't read now. I didn't read this. Oh, yeah, man. he wanted to make Superman's son uh, Bruce Kent, and he wanted a part where he goes down to the Batcave, and they weren't I don't think they were gonna show Bruce Kent Batman. No, they were the assumption yeah. was oh, they were gonna yeah, actually film that Bruce Kent takes up the mantle of Batman. What's wrong with that? That is awesome. Here, the powers of Batman <laughs> and Superman combined? You can't beat this character. <laughs> I, I don't know. Here's little, my two cents. It's a little Elseworlds tall. A little Elseworlds called Speeding Bullets. Check that out sometime. I, I'm I'm fine with it. My my two cents on this is I don't necessarily need Zack Snyder to direct them. Like no. if he's got if he's got a story like a whole story planned out, cool. Let's run with it. We have other directors out there. Like since when does Michael one Bay. director do fifteen movies? Not Michael Bay. We don't need Transformers, the DC movie. Ruben, he was going to have no powers? No that, powers, then no. Then that, yeah, I don't no. want to see that. No, but if he that. was Superman powers behind the Batman suit. I would watch that all watch day. It all day long. And I mean, I would still love at some point for us to get uh, Batman Beyond in a movie. I was I, I was actually more excited about the Flash and Cyborg movies because those movies sounded badass too. And I don't think yeah, we're going to get either. Flash is becoming Flashpoint to retcon, make the multiverse, do whatever they're going to do. I don't know. Um, the other interesting thing from the Vanity Fair article is Zach brought in Gail as Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And she was about to quit acting like that. Just when did she start acting? Um, I don't that, know. I, a year before. <laughs> I don't know. But she was uh, she was in. A, yeah, she, she was, was in, in a Fast and Furious. But I mean, like she was also one of the main stars in uh, wasn't what was that neighbor movie. What's that? Keeping up with the Joneses or something like that. Oh, yeah. She plays you like the neighbor wife. One. She was like a secret agent. in them. I didn't see that movie, but I know. I know. Oh. of it. Yeah, let's go to IMDb, everyone. Uh, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. No, no, no. What's Ruben's it? got it. He said Fast and Furious Five, and he was saying Bruce Wayne. That's who's the only Batman. Yeah, but who what was the other movie that she was in? Gal Gadot was in another movie where she plays a leading character. No, she Wonder does, Wonder. but it's like a movie that nobody saw. Oh, agreed. Cares about. I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, I mean, keeping you know keeping these the famous Joneses. movies, yeah. keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, Criminal, Triple Nine. Fast oh, seven, triple nine fast is six. great. Uh, Jake, we have another comment that you might want to. Uh, why is this podcast <laughs> not in slow mo, Rocco? We promise you 10% of I this can't wait. podcast <laughs> will be in slow mo. I like how um, we're thinking the exact same thing, it's great. Yeah, um, 10% of the movie ended up being in slow mo, but I thought that was huge. Like, she said she was ready to move back home and just kind of be done with acting. Like, not that she was a super famous actor, but she's Wonder Woman now. Like, she does that character great. Even in 1984, which wasn't the greatest movie, I thought she played a good Wonder Woman. Chris? I mean, and that's that's something I did want to mention. And that's that I, lo I lost my train of thought in response to Bob's comment earlier. The fact is now that we've seen these people, these actors in roles and in other movies, 
while before we were being introduced to them for the first time. And regardless of certain opinions on, say, Aquaman or Wonder Woman 2 or whatever, we've grown more accustomed to it. So watching it again, you know, I just we're embracing them as these characters more and more. So I, that's what I loved about it, I think, too. Yep. And to your point, that's a, she is Wonder Woman when I look at her. Bob, yeah, you I, sound like you disagree. No, no, no. I, I agree. I think she's definitely Wonder Woman. She's got that. She's taken up the mantle. That is her claim to fame as being Wonder Woman. And I'm, I'm not by any means saying she's a bad Wonder Woman. But I, I think of her, uh, you know, she 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 fills the role. I mean, she fills the role. She doesn't she's not like, a, oh, my God, she's amazing. But I don't think she's bad at it. She just she fills the role. I mean, when it comes down to it, none of them. And I think part of this is the CW series really messed it up. I still don't see Ezra Miller as the Flash. Oh, uh, Grant Grant uh, Guts Gustin, Gustin is the Flash Gustin. to me. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, I do love Aquaman, but it's okay. And I did not like Batfleck, but the Snyder Cut got me to enjoy Batfleck a lot better. Um, I, I it has a wait. puffy suit to rock up. I can't wait to talk about the Snyder Cut because I have so many good takes on that. Um, and so I hope everybody sticks around for part three because I want you guys to hear my takes. But what I what I was going to say was um, I do want to – can we touch on how Whedon sabotaged this movie on purpose? Yes, so that please do. Please okay. do. So fact number one, shortly after the release of this movie, he goes on to basically be the head of Marvel Studios, or the, the, the big brain when it comes to how all this shit's going to tie together, correct? No, he got like fired from Marvel pretty much, yeah. like after Age of Ultron. Yeah, that's Kim Feige. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, but regardless, be, he he. What was I gonna say? Why why does Warner Brothers bring him in? His style is completely different than Zack Snyder. And at that's what answered point, your question. Well, so, go ahead. Was it the hatred? Like, did Warner Brothers? No, and Zack so. Snyder they reached out to him to do a Batgirl movie. And I think they thought since he did Buffy, he will be able to do Batgirl. And when things started to go south with Zach, his handlers said, Hey, Joss, we already got you for Batgirl. How about you come do some script rewrites and clean this movie up? And then Zach left and they're like, do more than script rewrites. Come do this movie for us. Finish it up. So did you hear the report that after the movie comes out and everybody watches it and it you know pans it as awful that the Warner Brothers executives said that they didn't like it either? Uh it was in the Vanity Fair article. Uh one of the executives said something like, What did we just do? or something along those lines. Like they knew it was a bad movie when do, they watched it. Do you think that's true or do you think that's them saving face? Trying to save face. Say, I, oh no, we're we're in on it. We didn't like it either. I would not be surprised if one of the executives thought it was a bad movie. But that I don't think that means that every executive thought that way. And I the way I read that article, it was also not presented that every executive felt that way, but he alone was like, This was not a good movie. Yeah, I guess just why why say that now? Why why wait four years and say it now? Toxic culture. At WB. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, any other thoughts on sabotaging? 
Uh, I just I think that he had some some frustration with Warner Brothers already based on not doing the Wonder Woman movie. Um, he was getting pretty much kicked out of Marvel for screwing that up. He wasn't even a similar style to Zack Snyder. So I, I don't know if maybe he personally uh, sabotaged the movie or maybe with help of Warner Brothers, because I do think at this point they weren't getting as big of a boom as Marvel was, and they were looking to basically kamikaze this so that they could start fresh over again. Uh, to our commenters really quick, um, I did not realize Batman vs. Superman apparently got a standing ovation by the executives. It did. And to, to Rocco, yes, um, let's get the Martha cut of the movie, which merges Batman vs. Superman and the Snyder cut into one eight-hour-long extravaganza. Uh, Chris, you got something? Yeah. I, I do. I thought the Martha cut was where they just cut that part out. <laughs> no, it's, it's where they made that slow motion and showed the sound waves of both of them saying Martha going out across uh, Gotham City. Here's, here's what I want. I want them to talk about Martha, and then the next scene she shows up, but she's Martian Manhunter. <laughs> so it, just, it freaks them both out. But, but it's Martha Wayne, not oh, Martha yeah, Kent. Right, right, right. I Casey? did smell really good. Yeah, dude. no. One thing I did want to say, um, which Chris and I were talking about, was originally Donna Justice was supposed to be two movies. So it was supposed to be like Donna Justice and maybe like Twilight of Justice. I can't remember what the other name of it was. And that was going to be that deep dive introduction into the seven, into the Justice League. So that, you know, you had your BVS. It kind of made sense. And then you had this other movie to kind of bookend it and, and bring all these characters into one. It would have been nice for his long. They were literally shooting that movie at the exact same time as The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens came out a year before BVS, almost to the day. And um, I guess I, I just feel like Zack Snyder shot probably another four or five hour movie out of BVS. And I know we have an extended edition and I know it makes more sense, but it's like this dude had a vision back then and probably with man of steel um, as to how all of the justice league was going to fit into his world. And it would have been nice just to see a cohesive kind of arc as to where this guy was going and, and you know how we ended up. Well, we'll, we'll put to that point. Uh, I also read that some of the footage in this movie was footage he kept that was scrapped from um, Batman vs. Superman. Doesn't surprise that, me. Yeah. Like some of that comes straight from Batman vs. Superman. And I mean, I think that is part of the problem. Snyder originally was the WB movie universe. He brought in Gale. He found Patty. And then they got rid of him, and he wasn't involved in Suicide Squad. They started off with, like, they had their Feige, and it was Snyder. And now they don't, right. and it's a sloppy universe now. Which plays right into my thought that they're kamikaze it so that it sinks and they can start fresh. <laughs> with Flashpoint. With Flashpoint, Flashpoint resets it. Uh, so I, I want to go around 
any final thoughts on the events from you guys that led to the Snyder cut? Let's start with Bob. I, my thought on this whole situation is that it's just insane that the the stars aligned and this happened. I mean, this is such an unbelievable thing that the fans rallied behind. I think it was a combination of, of the heavy fan rallying, um, but I think it was also a combination of HBO Max really needing something to compete with you know, the great shows coming out of Netflix and, you know, all these other streaming services now. And that with, with COVID and everybody being locked indoors and the fan service, I think they were just like, let's give it a shot. And thank God they did. So um, I hope this doesn't become a trend, but I don't know, maybe we can get a little bit more of a coherent DCEU. Yeah. Let's move the, um, CW universe into HBO Max, do something a little bit more dangerous and get in line with the world building that Disney Plus is doing for Marvel now. That's what I I will say. I love the Gotham in both versions of this movie. Uh, A lot of it was kept for the Snyder Cut and the Gotham that appears in the background looks amazing. And I think and I, I, I think I put my thumb on it when I watched the uh, Whedon cut again. This is a Gotham that looks humongous. It looks enormous. And Batman is so tiny in this thing that you can understand why, despite the fact they have a superhero, there still is crime. There's still so much crime that Gotham is supposedly this horrible place to live. And Typically, you see one or two buildings, and it's like, well, why can't Batman clean this up? But in these versions, you got a much larger Gotham, and you're like, okay, now I get it. He's so tiny in this massive city. But to Rocco, your point, Disney Plus's program is killing it. When I say move the CW stuff to HBO Max, I don't mean make it the way the CW does. Right. Make right. better content yeah, right. than CW. Um, Bob, to your point really quick, I thought of uh, on the Whedon version of the cut, some of those reshot scenes, uh, especially with Batman trying to scare the burglar so the parademon showed mm-hmm. up. I was like, did he bring in Joel Shoemaker to... Uh, <laughs> help with the set design in this because it feels off compared to the rest right Uh, (laughs) chris i'll hop to you because you've got some thoughts and i want to get your final thoughts on what led to the snyder cut every time i watch the weeding cut i turn it off at that point where batman is like (laughs) looking for that parademon that's my that's my all i can tolerate that stupid ass movie um to your point jake uh the cw verse is dead but if you do enjoy darker TV shows, watch Doom Patrol, Titans. Um, and then if you want something a little bit more lighter, but is a really good superhero show, watch Stargirl. Because I do believe that DC is doing a much better job with their TV shows. And I like the CW-verse, but there's a lot of people out there, <coughs> Rocco, that don't like it. Um, so uh, it's and it's fine. And you get out, you get what you want out of your DC. But I do believe that they are taking the right track for uh, DC on TV. And now leading up to this Snyderverse thing, there's a lot of room for movie making across all forms. We got to stop looking at this two hour window of putting into theater. A lot of these characters don't work that way. So if we can get movies on, you know, on HBO max about lower, you know, lower tier characters, B level characters, whatever. Great. Let's do that. Let's, let's use all of it because the fans know what they want and the fans made this happen regardless 
And WB can say all they want. I mean, they could change their tune next week and we could get a Snyderverse back again. So I, you know, I love fan initiative as long as it's not toxic. And I would love to see more of this stuff happen like the air cut because a that suicide squad trailer is one of the greatest things of all time. And then all of a sudden you watch that movie and you're like, well, this is a good first 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James Gunn will, it'll be interesting to see his reboot. Uh, Rocco, to your point, the DC animated stuff is always bomb. Um, you know, Escape from Arkham, a lot of that stuff is absolutely amazing. Casey, I'll swing over to you to get your final thoughts on what led up to the Snyder Cut. You know, the last thing I really want to say is just that it's remarkable that we even got here. Because Mm -hmm. who would have thought internet fandom rage (laughs) would, would bring about this movie? Really, a $76 to $80 million movie that we got based off of fans tweeting out things and, and buying a billboard in like Manhattan and saying like release the Snyder cut. So it is, it's insane that we're even that we got to watch this movie and that all this stuff led up to it. So it's, it's quite a, quite a crazy time that we live in. And, uh, Hey, uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm better for it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I- I will rewatch this movie at some point, and if they put an intermission in when the world returns to normal and we have theaters, if they put this out in IMAX, I will go see it in IMAX. I, I want to see this movie in a theater. Uh, I also want to watch it with on my tablet with black and white turned on, because I think the movie would be really good in black and white as well. Um, it's coming in black and white, isn't it? I thought I heard that, that we're getting a black and white version. So that's it. I'm going to put the water on the campfire, but as always, I'm going to take us out with a quote. And today it's, you are not alone. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but in the Snyder cut, uh, when Barry and Bruce are driving away, that's on the billboard. That is from suicide prevention it was important to Zach around what happened with Autumn. So if you do ever need help, you can reach out to 1-800-273-TALK, and that's 8255, or text the word TALK to 741-741. Also, if you want to help, you can always go on to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's website, afsp.donordrive.com, to donate to help out with this cause.